You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are going to share more award recognition as guys are moving into the semi-finalist lists for national awards in football. We're going to talk a little bit about the Detroit Mercy victory for the men's basketball team, and then you'll get to hear our interview with Jay Stevens of Locked on Buckeyes. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. I'm a former college football player, and Ryan is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So, Ryan, we are in full football mode, even though basketball is playing. We know what people want to talk about. We know what people want to hear about. This is a football school right now. The number two ranked team in the country is where they still sit where they'll likely still sit coming into the ACC championship game. As you'd expect for the number two team in the country, they're going to continue to gain recognition for their performances. And right now we have four notable guys on notable award lists. So just to give the quick rundown, Ian Book is now a Maxwell semifinalist as well as a Davey O'Brien. That is the award for quarterback, best quarterback in the country. He is a semifinalist for that. Jeremiah Usukoromo and Kyle Hamilton are Ben Derrick Award semifinalists. And then Kyron Williams is a Doak Walker semifinalist. So right now we've got a pretty good group here. That that core group is looking pretty nice in terms of award recognition in 2020. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, you joked about it a little bit beforehand, right? But the number two team in the country, the quarterback of the number two team in the country, it's pretty safe to say if he's if he is – you know, producing at a high level, which Ian Book is, that he is going to be in those watch lists for Davey O'Brien, Maxwell. Really nice to see, though, Kyra Williams getting a Doak Walker award, um, you know, some publicity there in the award. I don't think that he has a incredible chance to win that one. I think Najee Harris or maybe an upset of a Jared Patterson from Buffalo. Like, I feel like those are probably the front runners for the award. But obviously – being there as only a redshirt freshman, a, a true sophomore, um, as far as you know, school wise goes. So it, it's it's very notable. Two guys up for the Benaric though is, is a lot of fun. I think Notre Dame has really been encapsulated by their defensive success this year. You knew Jeremiah Wusukormo is going to be on this list. I would say if there's any player that is up for these awards, I think Jeremiah Wusukormo is probably the best chance to take home one of these awards. I think that he has a real chance at the Bednarik Award. I really do. Kyle Hamilton getting another mention. Same boat as Kyron Williams. Kyle Hamilton is a future top 20 pick in the NFL draft if he chooses to come out next year in the 2022 NFL draft. So seeing him on this award only as a true sophomore is a big deal. I would say, though, if I had to pick one guy to have the best chance of taking home one of these prestigious awards, I think Jeremiah Wusukormo would probably be my pick. Yeah, you bring up a really, really good point here. Just to look at the landscape of things for these specific awards, the Maxwell has a tendency to vote in the same light as the Heisman. It, it tends to go in the direction of a, a Heisman finalist. So 
if we were to pick, it might end up being um, a Najee Harris or a Mac Jones or a Kyle Trask who wins that award. And then Ian Book, uh, it's t- it stinks to say, but competing for that O'Brien award, he has to beat out a guy like Tri- Kyle Trask or Mac Jones possibly for the best quarterback in the country. And Heck, there's probably some other names in there. Do, do, do you disagree or agree with me on that? Oh, no, I was just going to say I wish there was a, a best improviser of the year. I hate you. I hate you. I still stand by that take. <laughs> the fact that you won't stand by the quarterback of the number two team in the country that you're a fan for. You know, well, it's okay. It's okay. Our listeners know that I am. Go go to go to Joe's game picks. I everybody. am. We'll hear who the true hey, fan. Hey, is I had the closer game. game than you did this week. You predicted some wild blowout, and it was a fan. close game. That doesn't make you. That doesn't make you a better. I'm fan. a realistic Sorry. fan. I understand that everything okay. is not always going to be easy, and our listeners know that I am a little bit nicer to Ian Book than you are. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I've been very nice. Man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, Kyle uh, Kyle Hamilton and Jeremiah Usukoromoa, I do agree with you. I think that Koromoa, out of the group, has the best chance to wear the uh, win the Bednarik Award. Kyron just has to deal with a lot of other names ahead of him. Javonta Williams, Jarrett Patterson has been fantastic this year. But if we're, again, being realistic, Najee Harris is the best player on that team. Maybe you can argue Devonta Smith, but Najee Harris is probably going to win that Doak Walker award just based on what we have seen from him and the impact that he has had. Now, just to wrap this up, Ryan, is there anybody you think going forward we might get that will, will also be nominated? Like, do you think we'll get like a Liam Eikenberg or, or anyone else to, to get a nomination in these final few weeks before things are, are very finalized? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that um, I think the Jim. I don't know if the Jim Thorpe's been announced, but like I think Kyle Hamilton's probably would be up for that one. The Outland Award w- for best um, best lineman. I think that Liam Eikenberg is going to be a solid favorite for that. Do I think that he's going to win? Um, I think he's in the running. It, it, that, that's another guy that I think that could make a good argument for that. Again, number two team in the country has easily been the best offensive lineman for Notre Dame this year. Him and him and. Um, uh, Banks next to him. Aaron Banks have been exceptional this year, and he's a big name. He's a starting left tackle in a great tradition at Notre Dame. I feel like Eichenberg's probably a guy for the Outland Award that sh- sh- might. I think that he'd be in the running for when that award um, nomination is announced. All right, coming up, we are going to hear from Jay Stevens. We are also going to give you uh, a brief recap as we're trying to fit a ton into this packed show today, uh, into the, the three segments that we have available. We're going to talk a little bit about that Notre Dame-Detroit-Mercy game. Before we get into all of that, I would like to talk to you folks about my favorite beer out there on the market. That is Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million issues going on all the time and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need that moment to turn off and hit that reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It is made to chill. And I know that when I'm done after my long, weird hours of work every single week producing shows and, and doing interviews, 
I need something to help me hit that reset button and relax at the end of the week. And what I do is I go and grab a Coors Light. It is mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, later on the show, folks, we're going to hear from Jay Stevens very, very shortly. But I want to talk a little bit about this victory, the First win of the season for the Notre Dame men's basketball team as they defeat Detroit Mercy 78-70, to a game that was closer than I think we would have hoped it would be. Top scoring performers in this one, Prentice Hub, 18 points, 3 rebounds, 8 assists, and then Nate Lashevsky, 16 points, 11 rebounds, but the most notable stat there, 3 for 4 from deep, which is a fantastic statistic and percentage to be hitting from deep. Ryan, this game is a little bit questionable, in my opinion. What What is your one takeaway from uh, a game that looked like they were going to pull away in multiple spots, but just struggled to do so? Well, I mean, we've talked a lot about some games getting postponed, rescheduled, scheduling new opponents, all that type of stuff. So, like, when we did our breakdown of Purdue-Fort Wayne, I, I feel like a Detroit Mercy is a similar thought process for me. Notre Dame, after their you know, after the landslide defeat against Michigan State, which if you watch that game, Notre Dame was outclassed for the majority of that game. We needed a bounce back, and we needed kind of a, a, a game where we can really start to hit a groove. And Detroit Mercy seemed like the perfect opportunity to do that, and it was just never that easy for us. You know, it was a, it was a back-and-forth game. Ended up winning by eight, so hey, they got the victory at the end of the day. But at any point in this game, if you watch this game all the way through – Back and forth, Notre Dame would get a nice little gap. Detroit Mercy would come back. They would lengthen it again. So at no point did I think Notre Dame was going to lose this game against Detroit Mercy. But it's a, it's a little troublesome, to, to say the least, that it was this difficult. It really was against a Detroit Mercy team. Now we're moving into Ohio State and the meat of our schedule coming up. And I don't think that you can feel incredibly confident as a Notre Dame basketball men's basketball fan right now and supporter Moving forward, especially when even the what's perceived to be the weaker opponents on your schedule are giving you some tough outings. And it's a little odd because Detroit Mercy actually lost to Michigan State by less points than they did to Notre Dame, 83-76. to So they gave them a little bit of a hard time. It's a little odd to evaluate this game because it's a team that you'd expect a tiny program You'd expect them to come out and dominate them, but because they have this this odd fight in them, they kept it closer. And one thing that they just need to 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 work out of their system is not allowing opponents like this to climb back into games. You need to pull away when those opportunities are presented to you. There were multiple instances where they were building a lead, building a lead. One in the first half. There was another one that I remember. In, towards the end of the second half with around five minutes to go, you have to know when you got to put your foot down and just put the pedal to the metal and keep grinding until you can 
put the lead until it's out of range. Instead, they were making mistakes. They were turning the ball over. And Detroit Mercy was in striking distance of possibly coming back into the, into this game. Had there been just a little bit more time, I would argue that they maybe find a way to come back with, with a couple extra minutes. But obviously, that's not the case. They need to pull away, finish strong, especially with Ohio State coming up on today when you're uh, when you're going to be tuning into um, the basketball game tonight at 7 o'clock. So they're going to need the transition. They're going to need to step up if they want to look better against Ohio State. And we're actually now going to transition to hearing from Jay Stevens. So to wrap up today's show, joining us here on Locked on Irish, another crossover interview, Locked on Buckeyes host Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens podcast, is joining us today to talk about Notre Dame's matchup today on Tuesday against the Ohio State Buckeyes in basketball. Now, this could quite possibly be a game that we're talking about in, in a few weeks' time for football just based on how things are currently looking. But, Jay, how are you doing? you, you got to be excited right now with how good the Buckeyes are doing in football. I'm excited. Ryan, Joe, happy to be here with you guys. Normally, Ryan and I talk draft stuff, so now it's nice to talk basketball. Um, but uh, I'm excited for football. Um, hopefully, hopefully, they play Michigan on on Saturday, so we can put 100 on them, as Ryan Day said before the season. And then in basketball, um, expectations uh, for the season – I try to be as realistic as possible. Um, they've kind of surprised me a little in the three games they've played so far, the basketball team. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how the matchup is against the Fighting Irish. Biggest test the Buckets have had to date this season. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's got to be weird trying to transition, though, from uh, from seeing the football team do so well. Now trying to transition that focus to, to the basketball program. You already mentioned those expectations, though, early on. We, we saw Ohio State play a little bit of a, a lighter schedule, which tends to be the case for these teams in these in these big conferences. Notre Dame was on the same trajectory, but had a bunch of their, their games canceled. Right now, Buckeyes averaging 23.3 difference in scoring margin per game. What is the overall expectations for this specific game having to face an actual team in a, in a quality conference? Oh, so you're saying that UMass Lowell and Illinois State are actual teams? <laughs> you what said what are we doing here? You said it, not us. I didn't say anything. <laughs> no, for this game in particular, I am looking forward to seeing them compete. Um, you saw second game of the year, I think it may have been UMass Lowell, um, where it was a closer, more, I think it was a 10-point win at that time. Where you're, you're playing a non-conference schedule where you're supposed to win those games when I'm big. A closer, tight-knit game is not really what you're looking for. So I'm looking forward to seeing them compete. Um, looking to see them continue to score very well down low in the paint. And that's been something that with a lack of size going into the season, you're wondering, losing Caleb Wesson, how does the team fill the whole, fill the void of just the leadership, the points, the production on the, on the court. But then also, how do they find a way to score down low? And they've done a phenomenal job of that with a, a few different players being very well at doing a good job of scoring down low. Um, but honestly, I the competition is one thing I, I it's at the for, forefront of my mind because I did a segment last week about how I think no true test before this, before this game against the Irish could really hurt the Buckeyes. Because, yeah, going up against the... Uh, Morehead State in those schools, that's one thing. But now you're going up against an ACC opponent that's hungry and that wants to show that they can win matchups just like this. So I'm kind of just hoping that the competition, that the Buckeyes compete in the way that Chris Holman preaches to them every single day. 
Well, before we get to the rest of this conversation, Ryan, do you have something for our listeners? You've heard a lot from us about Built Bar. We're now going to bring you Built Go, which makes you the best you at whatever you do. You can break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or just put it in your back pocket or your glove compartment to get through the rest of the day. Bilko is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy with the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and even better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, including peanut butter honey, coconut, uh, chocolate coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Bilko is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work, including beta-alamine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Bilko then kicks to keep me going strong the rest of the day. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better while making you perform better. Visit Bilko.com and use promo code LOCKED. That's all capital LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilko.com. Let's go. Wait is almost over. The 2020 to 2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of your Locked On local experts, including us, plus waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Rookies to watch from Chad Ford and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. And Jay, I want to take it into the identity of this team now because you mentioned there a little bit, you know, you being surprised how efficient they've been down low on the block. When we were kind of looking through the the breakdown of the games over the first, you know, first week of action here, we're seeing out there, Ohio State's out-rebounding opponents by 10 per game, but they're only shooting 32% from three. So I'm kind of I'm just trying to look through this roster and look through what they have put on paper so far and figure out what the identity of the Buckeye is. If you could just describe the identity of this Ohio State team and what Notre Dame fans should be expecting in their matchup with them coming up soon. On offense, like I already said before, you can't go any further. You're going to find points down low. Um, EJ Liddell done a phenomenal job. Not really the biggest, widest body, but he's done a phenomenal job using his frame and shoulders, base, strong base there, and making the tough baskets down low. So you're going to get a lot of that. You can get some Dwayne Washington Jr. creating off the dribble and being the one-on-one guy. A guy off the bench that hasn't got much clock yet. Um, He's new to the team. He's a transfer, Jimmy Sotos. Once he gets acclimated and once he gets used to uh, the flow and the offense and where C.J. Walker will pass in the ball and how he has to come off the screens, you'll start to see the three-point shot go up, the percentage go up, because he'll get open shots, which will lead to other players getting open three-pointers as well. On defense, that's the one thing that I like is they are very, I won't say the stickiest team on defense where their hands are always in the lanes and they're right up in your hip pocket. 
but they are they're a defensive team that they get in a stance. Uh, their hands are in the passing lane, so getting some of those passes that somewhat sometimes are easy, those are a whole lot harder because the Buckeyes do try to limit and be uh, disruptors in the passing lane as much as they can. Um, the one hiccup, I mean, you the three point shooting. And I'll end it with, quick, with this. Ryan knows I talk, I talk a lot. I'll try to make this very, very brief. The Buckeyes three-point shooting, one game, Dwayne Washington Jr. was one for 11. It was one for 10 or one for 11. He kept shooting. He kept shooting, which I get it. Shooters shoot. I have no problem with that. But at, at some point, when she gets like 0 for 6, 0 for 7, you got to kind of dial it back. It's trying to start pass the ball around, drive to the paint, get to the free throw line, and then get your shot rolling. And that can be my fear at times is that you may get a player or two that falls too much in love with that three-point shot instead of taking a one dribble inside the, the three-point line with an easy jump shot. That's what I think a lot of like, what we're going to see a lot more of, hopefully down the road, less three-point shots when you're 0 for 6, 7, 8. And you're like, hey, man, okay, dribble drive here. Uh, I'm going to run off this screen here, get an easy two-point two basket. Let me get to the free throw line. Those type of things to kind of not make the lack of three-point shooting be as magnified as it as it as it can be not, no three-point shooting for me it's fine just score down low and find other ways to put the to put the ball in the basket well i mean for notre dame's sake uh, jay i hope that uh washington just keeps putting him up if he's missing it though you know what i mean <laughs> that's just kind of what i'm looking at uh i'll say this though i was a football guy right i wasn't a big basketball guy but i understand shoot or shoot so you know when we're playing pickup i'm gonna keep putting them up and now looking at this next game against notre dame you highlighted what the strengths of ohio state is you kind of paint the picture for us now going into this matchup against the irish what are some concerns that you have from the ohio state perspective what problems do you think that notre dame can potentially cause for the buckeyes Oh, uh, Ryan, you didn't have to do this. I wish you didn't do it. I don't know the Irish's defense to a T as far as if they run man or some form of zone, but the 2-3 zone has been an issue for the Buckeyes, I believe, in every single game. Now, the most recent game, Moorhead State, they ran a 2-3 zone, gave Ohio State some fits in the first half, second half, they Chris Holman went to his lab, put something together, and then second half they blew it open, big big lead, big game, um, game's over. So that's the one thing that hits me with this team is on offense, they have pieces. But with the zone, you got to find a way to penetrate. And it doesn't matter if it's a high post, if it's dribble drive, whatever it is, you got to find a way to penetrate and get inside of that zone where the Buckeyes, 2-3 zone against lesser competition – in all three games, than what you're going to see against the Irish, that's the Achilles heel. That's the issue. And I talked to one of my buddies about this recently who's been a big Ohio State fan all of his entire life. He thinks, and I'm, I'm right there with him, if you get matchups in the Big Ten where, yeah, you're going to have more athleticism than the previous three games Ohio State's played, but you're going to have an Iowa, a Wisconsin, a Michigan State, an Indiana, an Illinois with very athletic players at every position, if they start running a 2-3 zone, somewhat similar to what Syracuse runs. That's where things are going to be the problem for the Buckeyes. They got to figure out the zone. It's easy to talk it out and say it a lot harder to execute it during the game. So Jay, we like to wrap up these, these conversations with a, with a nice scoring prediction over the course of the football season. The predictors of the guests, the predictions of the guests have not been entirely accurate because we have some, uh, 
a couple of hosts who wanted to pick North Carolina to beat Notre Dame, one particular person. But so far for basketball, 1-0 is the guest predictions when we had Locked On Spartans um, host on here. He, uh, Matt Sheehan, he gave us a prediction that was pretty close to being accurate. So if you had to predict a final score for this Ohio State-Notre Dame basketball contest tonight that people are listening in for, what do you think the final score will be? Give me a second. I'll talk it through, talk it out so there's no dead dead air, no dead air kills, <laughs> kills shows. I'll say 68-63 Irish. I think that the deep, that the this being the first big test um, for the Buckeyes, I think it's going to hurt them. That's the only reason, Ryan. That's wow. the only reason. Make sure your eyes don't pop out of your head. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting – it took me a second to even realize that you picked ND. <laughs> I, I just – I'm very hesitant. Now, I think if it was middle of the season, I would go Ohio State. I know how good Ohio State is and can be. I just think first road test, which I don't, I'm not going to put much stock into the road, the road travel like all of the other people do. It's, it's a road game. You travel all the time. Mm-hmm. I just think the problem is going to be you're going up against better competition than you've gone up against all year. And the lack of three point shooting may be a problem in this game. If Notre Dame runs a, some sort of two three zone or some t- sort of zone defense, I'm out, man. I, I'm I'm I, I'm out. Um, fans may hate that. Fans may not, not like that. I'd rather be on the wrong right now, early in the season, than it be Big Ten Big Ten tournament time and to come around being like, OJ. So you got you've watched 20 games. How do you think Ohio State's going to do? Man, they're going to they're going to win the first round, squeak by the second round, and then lose in the semifinal round before the championship. No, no. I would, I would be wrong now early in the season when we get all the mistakes out, work out all the kinks, then later on, oh, the proper predictions come out at the end. But no, I, it's weird, man. It's, I, I do have high hopes for this team um, if they can figure out that zone. Um, not saying they're going to win the title, the national championship, but they can, they can surprise me down the road. I just don't think this first road test, with the way that, that, with the way that they have played in the first half of games, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a, str- a bigger struggle than what fans think. Ryan, Ryan, we're on the same. I think we're on the same side here. I know, kind of surprising you, but hey, man, crazier things have happened. I, I'm just surprised that Notre Dame's dynamic victory over Detroit Mercy has really scared you this much, Jay. <laughs> Some things happen, man. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a weird year. Uh, year's almost over. Hoping for better things to come. I hope I'm wrong. I've said this before. I think that. See, Mike, the team I'm covering will lose, but I hope they win. It's the same way because I don't want to get on Wednesday after the game and people will be like, so who'd you pick? Notre Dame. Why? I'll tell you why. And then I have to swallow. I'm like, yeah, I messed up, guys. That was me. I thought the test was going to be harder. The Irish really aren't as good as I expected. Hey. It could be. It could be that way. That's what Joe usually does in our pickums. No, no, you know, no. I have never. Well enough, I have never backtracks the next day. You know, that's. I have never picked too. against Notre Dame in football, but I tend to give the opponent a little, a couple extra points here and there. And Ryan's like, I oh, they, they're going to win by sixty every single week. So I'm a little bit more realistic than Ryan. I, is. I never said that. I never. But said that. <laughs> see, if you guys, if you guys are saying football, it's easy. Ohio State beats everybody, including oh, yeah. Notre Dame in the uh, in the playoff. Uh, I mean, but we're talking basketball, uh, oh, no. so my basketball predictions are always different than football. I just got to be honest with you. I, we might need to be careful when we have you on in a couple of weeks <laughs> if uh, if they end up playing each other. Hopefully, hopefully that does happen, though. I think that'd be interesting to have you on again uh, soon, Jay, for a completely different sport. But thanks for taking the time to talk with us about this important matchup for the Irish in basketball. It's a little odd talking about basketball right now when the football team's so hot, but the bye week that they have, 
going into the ACC championship game is beneficial. A little bit of time off to transition our focus. Jay, is there anything you want to plug, and where can people find you on social media? Feel free to drop anything so people can find your stuff. Joe, Ryan, thank you guys so much for allowing me to be here today. Uh, you, can, you guys can always follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. That is Stevens with a PH. You can listen to Locked on Buckeyes, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Same place you get Locked on Irish. You can catch Locked on Buckeyes. And then also I do host my own podcast, the Jay Stevens podcast. Ryan has been on there a couple times. Sorry, Joe, we'll get you on down the road. <laughs> uh, but you can catch the Jay Stevens podcast once again. That is with the PH in Stevens, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the same places. You can get that as well. And just looking to have some fun, looking to watch some good, a good basketball game. And uh, my prediction went one way, but I sure hope that I'm wrong. And I can be happy um, as I recap this Buckeyes-Irish game uh, from Tuesday night. All right, folks. That is going to be it from us here on Locked on Irish. Stay tuned later in the week on Wednesday. You'll get to hear a brief conversation from me on the outcome of this game against Ohio State. Please make sure you go follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, and then also at Locked on Irish for the show's page. Please also go and hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening to us to stay up to date on every single show in the future. Lastly, if you're looking for something else to tune into, make sure you head on over to Locked on NBA as the NBA season is starting to get closer. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, folks. Have a wonderful rest of your day.